Hey everybody, thank you for joining us for this week's sermon. I'm excited to share with you a message I believe the Lord has given me that is going to challenge you and strengthen and encourage your heart for the journey God has you on. Stick around afterwards so I can say a prayer over you, your situation, and your family. Thank you again for joining us. The Spirit of God hovered over the waters at the moment of creation. Like the universe exploding outward from the single spark of God's word. So the church became real. Put your hand on the ground. The earth itself is vibrating. The mountains. The oceans. The deserts. The creatures that live here are all breathing in. The planet is inhaling. Imagine the song it will sing. The song of Pentecost. Joy enveloped the disciples. Their words were understood and welcomed. Their joy was contagious. Their message was heard and translated and shared. The church moved into the world, bringing light, bringing love, covering all there was. There was no denying it. There was no going back. The church as we know it was born. God, we feel your presence. Let us use it. Let us take this rush, this moment, this Pentecost, shouting into a world that is bored stiff by life. We have been made aware of the presence of the creator of the universe. Give us the strength to keep it going. God is real. The church is born. The song goes on and everyone can sing. Amen. Good morning, Landmark Church. How you doing today? I'll be honest, that was pitiful. Good morning, Landmark Church. How you doing today? Amen. So good to see you today. Thank you for joining us on Pentecost Sunday. We're excited about today. We had an amazing first service. The power of God fell at the end of the service, and I believe the same thing is going to happen today. So thank you so much for being here. Hope you've had a great week. We've had a great week in God's presence. We had our summer camp meeting. We call it Summer Summit. So glad to have my good friends, um, our assistant superintendent of our conference, Terry Louder, Kendra, and their daughter, Rachel. Here, let's give them a hand. Thank you guys for being here today. Um, my, my friend Hans Hess from uh, Elizabeth City, North Carolina, preached some incredible messages this week. Um, just We just lingered in God's presence, and on Thursday night particularly, just felt the glory of God in ways I have not experienced it in years. It was an incredible experience, and I, I was able Thursday to speak to our conference pastors about what God is doing at Landmark Church, and then on fr yesterday I was in Derby, Kansas, speaking to a group of pastors, and I'm just so thankful for all God is doing here at Landmark Church, the lives that are being changed, and we're praying God do it again. Amen. 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 Continue to pour out your spirit. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning? If you got your Bibles, this is a, a very famous Pentecostal scripture. So Acts chapter 2. By the way, in between services, we had a snake visit the church out there. I mean, visit out there. And we just want you to know, don't worry, we're not that kind of Pentecostals. Don't worry. We're not the snake handling kind. I'd be out the door, I promise you. Like, I'd be the first one leaving. So... And no snake was killed. It was a bull snake, and they put it in the grass over there, so it's probably still here. So um, anyway, so we might see it again afterwards. Who knows? Acts chapter 2. We're going to read several verses of Scripture, beginning 
with verse 1. By the way, I know Pastor, or it was said in the announcements earlier, but um, tonight at 6 p.m., we, we want you to join us. We're having a service. We, we were calling it a joint service, but in Oklahoma, that's kind of dangerous. So we're having a combined service with Memorial Assembly of God tonight. Sorry, some of y'all get that joke later. But anyway, we're having a combined service with Memorial Assembly of God tonight at 6 p.m. here, and it's going to be an incredible time. Just, I just believe it's going to be an overflow of what we're experiencing this morning um, and in the community. So just come tonight expecting God to move. Amen. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come. They were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when the sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. Then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, are not all these who speak Galileans? And how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? Perinthians and Medes and Elamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia. Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya adjoining Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them speaking in our own language, our own tongues, the wonderful works of God. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? Others mockingly said, they are full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words, for these are not drunk as you suppose. It's too early in the morning for that, is what he says, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above, and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon into blood, before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. Father, do it again. Do it again, Holy Spirit. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. So, Father, we want the same power. We want the same experience that they experienced 2,000 years ago. Lord, do it again, afresh in our heart and in our lives. Father, not just today, but every day. May Pentecost not be a one-day celebration, but may we live in the power of Pentecost. May we go forward in that power. Father, we just thank you for this time together. Give us ears to hear right now what the Spirit is speaking to us. Father, we thank you for this time together. We're expecting we come expecting today. We come ready to receive. 
In Jesus' name we pray, and by the power of the Holy Ghost, and all God's people together said, Amen. High five somebody and say, I'm glad to see you, and you may be seated. Jesus had given the disciples instructions. He's about to leave. He's about to ascend. And he says, go and wait, tarry, wait for the promise of the Father. That's not many days from now. And the Bible says they gathered. And it's important not just how, when they gathered or where they gathered, but also how they gathered. They gathered in one mind and in one Accord. The word accord in the Greek literally means with the same passions, with the same excitement. In other words, they, they met together and they gathered. They didn't all believe the same thing about everything. They didn't all look the same. They weren't the same age. They weren't the same on a lot of areas. But they came together with one like-mindedness, and that is we want to receive whatever Jesus has for us. We want this promise we have been talked about, we have been given. We want this promise given to us. Us, and we come with one mind and one accord. And I'm glad we can gather today and we may be different. We, they, they didn't gather because they all voted on the same issues the same way. They didn't gather because they all liked the same things. But they came together to say we want more of what God has for us today. And I want you to know when people get together with unity, there is nothing that God can't do and pour out on those people because they're in one mind and in one accord. Amen. Jesus says... I want you to go in a few days from now. And we know that Jesus is ascended on the 40th day. And Pentecost happens on the 50th. So 10 days in between. So they're waiting for 10 days. I can imagine at first, the first couple of days, they're excited. I mean, they're ready. They're, they're looking. They're excited about everything. They're praying. The days are flying by. And then 3, 4, and 5 hit. And they're just kind of wondering, did we miss it? What's going on? Then 6, 7, and 8 hit, and they're thinking, surely he was going to come by now. Surely this promise was showing up. I mean, this is getting a little old. I, I don't know what else to pray for. I've named every one of my relatives 18 times, and I don't know what else to pray for. We're sitting here waiting. What in the world is going on? Day 8, day 9, and they think it's going to be, oh, they think this is done. We might as well go home. But then day 10 happens. And the Bible says something in interesting. And suddenly, everybody say suddenly. You know what? It wasn't suddenly for them. They've been sitting there for 10 days. That's suddenly? That's quick? I've been sitting here 10 days waiting for this, but then suddenly. And when I was studying this week, it reminded me of Boston and Benjamin being born. Because those nine months, in the middle of those, seemed like they took forever. Sarah, would you get me this? I'm hungry for this. With Benjamin, it was, go get some Brahm sauce. I want some Brahm sauce. And, and i got to get out and go drive my car. But you know what? All of a sudden, when those boys were born, those nine months seemed to fly by like that. Those nine months seemed like they were nothing. It seemed like suddenly when it finally hit. And those ten days, it might have seemed like it was forever. But listen to me, my friend. When the Holy Spirit fell, all of a sudden, suddenly, they're sitting down and cloven tongues as of fire. That was the first church service to ever be lit. Some of y'all get that. All of a sudden, 
cloven tongues as of fire sits down on top of them and they begin to speak in other tongues and suddenly what they had been praying for, what they had been hoping for, what they were believing for, it happened in a moment and their lives were changed and the church was birthed at Pentecost. Can you say amen and celebrate that this morning? Here's what happened on Pentecost. Pentecost was a divine encounter of heaven meeting earth. Pentecost was this divine encounter of, and I believe Pentecost shows us two things. It shows us what heaven is like and what the earth, what the church is meant to look like. You see, Jesus says this in Luke chapter 12. It's interesting to me. Jesus said in Luke 12, and, and, and we, don't, we don't read the scripture very much, but he said, I came to bring fire upon the earth. And I wish it was kindled. I came to bring fire. And most of us think that means judgment. He think, we think he's saying, I'm going to bring judgment upon the earth. I don't think so. I think because he goes on to talk about division. He says people are going to rise against each other. Families are going to rise against each other. And I think what Jesus was saying was this. I am looking and longing for what's going to come after me. And that is that John baptized with water, but I've come to baptize you in the Holy Ghost and fire. And Jesus said one of these days the fire is going to be kindled. And I believe what he's saying is it's going to bring the church together. It's going to bring some unity. We're going to gather around something. And I want you to know on the day of Pentecost, the fire was kindled. The fire was started. And now today we gather around what God has for us because of what was poured out at Pentecost. Amen. So our church is supposed to reflect what heaven already is. Number one, there was a sound. There was a sound that came from heaven. I believe heaven has a sound. And here's the thing, I don't mean this bad, I love modern preaching, I love modern praise and worship, I listen to praise and worship all the time in my car, when I'm going places or doing something, um, I would say when I'm out jogging, but y'all can tell I don't do that, so whenever I'm driving in my car, whatever I'm doing, I love praise and worship, but here's the thing about modern things, many times, our sermons tend to be about us, what God can do for us, ten ways God can help you. Five ways God can make you better. And, our, and, and it, it tends to be about what I can get out of it. Our modern music, I love praise and worship, but a lot of our songs are about what God is doing for us. What God, listen, there is a sound in heaven and it sounds different. Isaiah chapter 6 says, when I saw King, when I, when King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up and the train of his robe filled the temple and I saw angels around the throne of God and they were singing something. It's the same thing we see in Revelation when John the Revelation said I saw the saints and I saw the angels around the throne of God and you know what they weren't singing give me give me give me they weren't singing God help me help me help me you know what they were singing worthy 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 is the lamb worthy who he is and was and is to come holy 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 they're singing about him they're telling him how good he is they're telling him how awesome he is and I want you to know nothing wrong with the songs we're singing but we've got to point back to Jesus and every Everything that we do, he is king of kings. He is lord of lords. It is all about him. And today the sound is, you are holy, you are worthy, and there is nobody else like you. Amen? In case you can't tell, I came to preach today. If you'll help me a little bit, we'll get along great. A couple things. The day of Pentecost was multicultural. Every nation under heaven was represented. It said every nation heard the gospel in their own tongue. 
Every, and listen to me, I believe around the throne of God, one of these days, here's the problem with modern church, that this is a statement that came out years ago, that Sunday is the most segregated day of the week. Because we got our white church, and our black church, our Hispanic church, our native church. We've got all these churches that gather with their people. But I want you to know something. Around the throne of God, there won't be a white section and a black section and a brown section. There won't be any of that. Every tongue, every tribe, every kindred, every nation will gather around the throne of God and we will be one. We will be there together like it's one. And listen, I've had people tell me, preacher, why do you preach about racism so much? Let me tell you something. Because in 1974, my father went to Crystal Springs, Mississippi to pastor. And a, and a, and a white person looked at him and said, don't go evangelize some of these people here because they have have no souls. God can't save them. You need to save your breath. Because I was in a youth group growing up and we were going to a church that was predominantly African American. And, and, and one of our youth leaders, the parents said, my child will not go to that church because of the people that are there. I have seen the hatred of racism. I have seen it in people's eyes. But I want you to know that where I grew up, my high school was 85% African American. Some of my closest friends were people that were not white. And I want you to know today I will preach with every last breath I've got in my body that God hates racism. He is a multicultural God. He is a God for everybody. He's a God for every tongue, every tribe, every nation. God just doesn't love Oklahoma or America for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And I will preach till the end that God is a multicultural God. He is a God that says, everybody come to me. I have created you in my sight. And I, I want you to know on the day of Pentecost it was multicultural and we are called to be the same way amen I'm thankful that our church has people from different places. And I look forward to the day we have even more come from different places. I tell people we have a, we have a multicultural church. We clap like we're all white, but we do have a multicultural church. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Not only was the day of Pentecost multicultural, but the day of Pentecost was multi-generational. And listen, ladies, you're involved in this. This is what it says. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Young people will see visions, and old people will dream dreams. There's a study that came out this week that I read. <clears throat> and out of 1,400 people that were interviewed, they asked them that these 14 people had said, we have experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so they asked them, when did you receive the Holy Spirit? When, at what age when you were filled with the Holy Spirit? And over half of them, 52% of them, were from the ages of 11 to 19. 11 to 19. 40 and over, only 4% said we received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. All of them were, under, were, were 40 and under, but the biggest percentage was between 11 and 19%. Why does this matter? Because I want you to know today, at Landmark Kids, they aren't babysitting them back there. I'm praying for the power of God to fall and for our kids to be filled with the Holy Spirit. When Pastor Corbin preaches out here to our marked youth on Wednesday nights, we want the power of God to fall. I want them to say, sorry, we got to lay here a little bit longer because the power of God just 
fell on our young people and they're out there speaking in tongues and prophesying to each other. I'm okay with that. We want our young people, our sons and our daughters to prophesy. We want our sons and daughters. We're not waiting until they get older to use them for God. We want them right now. And listen, God is not a God of ageism. He doesn't bypass us. He looks at David and everybody else said, you're too young. God said, no, you're not. I can anoint you king. Mary is overlooked because she's just a little young virgin girl. But God says, that's the one I'm going to use to carry the Messiah. Abraham, I thought, I thought I was old at 41 having Boston. But Abraham's 100 years old whenever he has Isaac. And you know what? Caleb at 80 years old said, give me that mountain. The good news is God does not overlook the young or throw out the old because of their age. If you have breath left in your body, God can use you for his glory today. He is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He is a multi-generational God. And we at this church want to be a multi-generational church. We want the energy of the young and the wisdom of the old. We want to see God move. We don't want just one age. We want everybody to be here ready to use what God has given them because God is a multi-generational God. Amen? And then thirdly, I didn't know what to call this one. So this is the words I came up with. But on the day of Pentecost, it was multi-economical. Here's the reason I say that, because this is the one part of the prophecy out of what Peter says that we don't use much. He says, your sons and daughters shall prophesy and all that. Then he says, and on your maidservants and on your men servants, I will pour out my spirit. In other words, those people that nobody wants to be around... Those people that have problems, those people that are nothing more than servants, those people that the world has discarded, I have not forgotten about them. It's not just for the elite. It's not just for those good enough. It's not just for those that think they can pay their way and they're all good. But you know what? I'm not going to forget about those the world has forgotten about. I am going to love those people and I will still pour out my spirit on my men servants and maid servants. Upon them I will do it. This last Thursday, I was speaking to our conference pastors, and this doesn't happen all the time, but there are times that in the, in the middle of my message, the Lord reminded me of something. In the middle of it, I tell a story that was not in my notes, that was not planned, and the Lord spoke to me about our church in the middle of it. Robert, right back here. Robert, raise your hand. Robert's right back here. Twelve years ago, this week, I was at our conference. Same thing. I'll never forget. We had a, that, that time, we had a men's ministry lunch. I was helping prepare it. So I'm out back, and I get a phone call, and I talk, Robert calls me. Now, at that time, we were at our old location, and most of the people there, they were sweet people, loving people. I don't mean this bad, but they were people that had been raised in church, just kind of, you know, and then they're, they're and I, I don't mean religious in a bad way, but it was just the kind of church where everybody was used to going to church, and we didn't deal with anybody that had many problems. We didn't talk about it, at least, that kind of stuff. And Robert calls me. I don't, he doesn't mind me saying this. If he does, he can, he's my neighbor. He can throw tomatoes at my door later. <laughs> but he said, I'm in active addiction. I need help. Now, now I would know what to do. Back then, I didn't know what to do. I told him on the phone, I'll, we'll help you. And I'm thinking, Justin, what are you saying? You don't know how to help him. You've never done drugs a day in your life. What are you going to do? I'm like scared to death. So we talked later that weekend. He found this place. It was him, his sister, another man, three people. They were going to go to the referral center, and that's where they kind of clean you up, dry you out, and then we're going to send him to a 30-day rehab center. And so that, that Sunday, we took up an offering. And I'm thinking, Lord, we may get $5 in this thing, and nobody may care. 
We took it up, and to the penny that we needed to send them in there, we received that offering that day. We sent them, and here's the thing. Here's what the Lord told me the other day, though, because we send them. Robert, give, he reminded me of this yesterday. We were out in, the, in the, out in the driveway talking. I forgot this part. I knew he gave his testimony, but that old church would only hold 120 people. 176 people showed up on a Sunday, packed out, standing in the hallways to hear Robert give his testimony about what God had done. But here's what the Lord told me the other day. This is why it's important. Because while I'm speaking, the Lord tells me this, and I've never thought of it. He said, because you helped Robert, and I knew I could trust you with somebody, then I, would, I, I knew then I, I was going to give you other people because you treated that one correctly. I knew I could trust you with others that have need. And listen to me, our church, the first service this morning, was full of Rob's Ranch and Tanner House. This service, we have our Hope Center. We are a church helping people in active recovery. And I believe because we were willing to help one person, because we didn't know what we were doing but we said we're going to step out in faith and care for those because we were willing to help one person God said I can trust you and I want you to know today we are building this church not on the backs of people God's building this church don't misunderstand me but our church is not being filled up with people that have it all together and people that ever got everything going the right way we are full of people that are just trying to know Jesus and go after him and our prayer is God give us the ones nobody else Else wants. God, give us the ones that the world has discarded and we'll love them and we'll care for them and we'll bring them into your kingdom and we'll disciple them. We want to be a church, a multi-economical church, whether you're rich or poor, no matter what, you can show up because you know what I'm looking at on this crowd today and I don't see bank accounts above your head. I don't know how much money you got in the bank today. You know what? It doesn't matter. We are one in here today. The cross levels that. The Pentecost levels that because God's spirit was poured out out on everybody, those that thought they should and those that thought they shouldn't, God still poured out his spirit on them. Amen? Amen. Amen. So we believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Let me explain why this is important. Because at Bethlehem, we see God with us. That God is with us. At Calvary, we see God for us. But at Pentecost, we see God in us. That now he is in us. And, and, and let me just say this to you because this is the part that some of you are fixing to run out the door or tune me out. Because when I start saying the power of the Holy Spirit, I grew up in a church. Let me say this. We're an interdenominational church. We're not non-denomination. We're part of a denomination. But we are interdenomination. We have people have all kinds of different backgrounds. I grew up in a church that was predominantly we had, some, we had visitors or guests, but it was predominantly Pentecostal. So we knew if one song was going to be sung, when, they, when you started singing that song, Brother So-and-So was hitting the aisle. He was gone. I mean, every time. I mean, like, if, if, if it ramped up to a certain level, you can forget it. Somebody was going to do something. I mean, that's where I grew up. I grew up, and this is maybe weird to some of you, but I grew up seeing the power of God move. I could tell you all kinds of things. I'm not going to do it because some of you may run out the door scared to death. But I've seen God, people slain in the spirit so in, in the front, so so many, you couldn't even walk around. There was so many that God had done that. I've seen some incredible things in my life. And here's the thing. Over the years, we have been scared to talk about this stuff. Because if somebody comes and they hear us and they don't believe like that, they're going to be scared. They're going to, they're going to leave us. I like what my friend Hans Head said this week, and he meant it nicely, but he just said, I want to be Pentecostal. He said, if you want to be more classy, there's a church down the road you can go to and be more classy. <laughs> and he said it laughing. I love that. But, but here's the thing. The reason I say this is because 
I know what it is to go to church and, and wonder what's going to happen. I, I never invited my friends to church growing up, especially Sunday nights. Sunday nights were the runaway train. I mean, you were gone. Like, train wreck, it's out of here. One time, this is, I promise you, it, we'd say in the Mississippi, Jerry Clower, if I'm lying, I'm dying. I promise you, this happened one time in my life. I invited some friends to a Sunday night service, and, and I, was, I, I was there 18 years, barely missed a church service. This never happened before, and it never happened afterwards. The one time I invite my friend Joel and Kathy, a Baptist and a Methodist, to come to church with me, we sat on the back row, and service started ramping up, and somebody started doing what's called a Jericho march. They started marching around the sanctuary. I was used to that. I kind of, you know, that didn't bother me too much. That this has never happened in my life before after. Somebody said, let's take this outside. <laughs> so we go outside. And I'm walking with my friends around the outside. And they literally, they weren't being rude or trying to make fun. They said, well, didn't the walls like fall down? Are y'all trying? And so I'm like, well, we want a new church. So we're hoping that God tears down. The I'm just kidding. I didn't say that. But, but that never happened before or after. And I, I never invited anybody, everybody back to church. They were like, we're here, you're having a special service. That's the church down the road. That's not us, please. Do not show up. When we start talking about this, people check out because they get scared. But I want you to know this. The power of God is not terrifying. I don't have time to teach this today, and, and we were taught this this week, and I've not thought of this, but the Bible says in 1 Corinthians that we always say if an unbeliever hears a tongue, they're going to be scared. But the Bible says tongues are a sign actually for the unbeliever, not the believer. Because the, the reason the tongues are assigned to the unbeliever is to show them the power of God, to show this is really real. This isn't made up. This is real. And I want you to know today, we believe in spirit baptism. The reason that I believe in praying in, in the spirit is because two things. Number one, there are times you guys call me and tell me things that I have no idea how to pray for that. And I know that when I pray in the spirit, the Holy Spirit is praying in ways that I cannot pray myself. And then secondly, the reason, because Jude says, building up yourself in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. I believe that as I pray in the Spirit, my faith is being built. The, 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 the Spirit of God is helping me. Here's the, 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 the illustration we learned this week, and I love this. That, uh, Pastor Han said there was a young man that was in, at a concert, and this great concert pianist was there. And he, he, told, he brought this kid on the stage, and the kid didn't know how to play the piano. And he said, sit down right there. And he said, play this one note. And all of a sudden, the kid's playing ding, ding, this one note over and over and over. But all of a sudden, this concert pianist comes up behind him and wraps his arms around him and begins to fill in all of the notes. And while this young man plays one note, the concert pianist begins to play, and the crowd is amazed. A beautiful melody is being played. Something beautiful is coming forth. And all that young man is doing is playing the one note that he's called to play, one thing he's called to do. Listen to me. I believe we're called to do one thing. We're called to surrender. We're called to surrender our life. We're called to surrender our body. God, I'll go where you tell me to go. I'll do what you tell me to do. We're called to surrender our mouth. God, I'll pray. How, whatever happens, I'm just going to pray and let you figure out all the details but as I'm doing that all of a sudden the Holy Ghost comes up behind me and he begins to play a melody that begins to fill in and all of a sudden a beautiful sound is made and all I'm doing is playing the one thing I'm called to play God I'm going to go after you I'm going to go after you because here's the problem with Pentecostals we have made it about the experience
experience and everybody chasing an experience. So growing up, everybody go from church to church to church. That church is having an experience. I'm going to run down there. That church is having something. I'm going to run down there. Listen to me. You are not called to chase an experience. You are called to chase after Jesus. And I believe these signs will follow them that believe. You're called to go after Jesus. He is the prize. He is the reward. And the Holy Spirit just gives us power along the way that comes alongside us and helps us as we run after Jesus together. Amen. Well, the worship team and the prayer teams, join me up here very quickly, please, very quickly. I believe this morning there's two kinds of people that I want to talk to very quickly. The first, maybe you've never experienced anything like this. Maybe you're raised in a church that said, those Pentecostals are weird down there. We're going to have church. Get out so we can beat them to chicken. <laughs> Stay away from those crazy folks. I'd be crazy whether I was Pentecostal or not, to be honest with you. So. Maybe, you, maybe you've never been filled with the Spirit. And today, here, here, here's what I'm seeing. Everywhere that I go, I'm seeing people that say, you know what? Denominational tags are done with. I don't care about that kind of stuff. I just want more of Jesus. I want more of Him. It's not about how I was raised. It's not about the church I came from. I just want more of Jesus. And I'm seeing a hunger in people. Maybe today you realize I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. But you know what? I, I need more. There's something more to this that I feel like I need some power to do what God has called me to do. And I just want to experience. I'm not going to put any kind of stipulations. I just want to experience what God has for me. And I'm going to just I'm going to press into Him and let Him do His work. But I believe there's also a group. And today, you've been filled with the Spirit, but over time, that feeling you received is leaked out. It's leaked out. This last week, some of you saw this on social media. We were headed to my cousin's funeral on Monday. We went and stayed at the hotel. That's a whole other story. Tuesday, we get up, drive to Mena, Arkansas. Supposed to meet my cousin Clint there. I told him last week, I'll see you in, in uh, Glenwood. And so we're driving. About, we're about 45 minutes from Glenwood. We're in a place called Board Camp, Arkansas. And, and my tire gauge comes on. And when that tire gauge comes on, it, you know, I know my, there's something wrong. So I just pull over to a little road. I get out and look, and my tire immediately becomes flat. And so I'm, like, trying to figure out what's going on. I'm, I, I'm trying to figure out everything's at. So we get everything out of the trunk because we got kids. We're carrying all kinds of stuff with us, you know, packing plays and all that kind of stuff. So we're getting everything out, unloading it. I'm looking in the back of the car for the tire. The tire's underneath. Here's all you need. I'm literally YouTubing how do you get the spare tire down in a uh, Toyota Highlander. I get the little tool I'm supposed to use. I get under there. I'm wearing a suit. So, I mean, I, take my, I have an undershirt on. I take my, my dress shirt off. I'm in a white undershirt, and dress shoes on a dirt road. I'm laying down on something we pulled out of the back of the car trying to get this tire down. It won't budge. So I'm just thinking, Justin, it's you. You're terrible at this kind of stuff. So people come by, several people. Finally, a man named Wayne comes by. And Mr. Wayne's an older guy. He gets under there. He tries it. He can't do it. And then later on, this big old Bubba dude comes by. I don't know his name. And Bubba gets under there. He tries it. He can't do it. I said, thank the Lord. It was not me. If Wayne and Bubba can't do it, then I know it, it's okay. They both said, go to the dealership, get that checked out because something's wrong. So Wayne, was, the funny part was, I'm, I'm from the country, so I, I know people like this. He, like, started talking to me about people living there like I, like I know these people. I'm going to go here to John's house. We're going to patch this thing up. 
And I'm like, I don't know who John is. First, he gets out of the car, and he's like one of these guys. He was so excited. He just waits for tires to go flat because he has the equipment, and he looks for this. He gets out and tells me, when I patch this thing, you're going to drive from here to California on that tire. I'm like, praise the Lord, Wayne, let's go. Well, the tire goes flat. We can't figure out where it's coming from. We, we were looking at the top, and it was literally the side was blew out. So he takes it to John's house, whoever John was down the road. He brings it back. And if you ever seen little plugs that you put in tires, he literally had four of these plugs sticking out of the side of the tire, a knot in the tire. He had aired up to 50 pounds because it's supposed to have 36. He'd aired to 50 because his idea was you can get to Mina, and maybe the tire will still have some air in it. You can get to Walmart 15 miles. I'm like, great. So he, we put the tire down. I'm about to leave lifted to put it on and one of the plugs shoots out and all of a sudden you hear Sarah got this on video I was being dead serious I look at the guy and I said I don't think it's going to make it to Mina he goes it's not get in the back of the truck my wife's over there saying I've watched Dateline this guy's going to kill us he's going to take us to the woods and he's going to kill us I'm like well this is the only options we got like we're going to sit here I forgot I have roadside assistance, and Wayne was the better roadside assistant anyway. He was good. So anyway, we get the tire, go to Walmart, fix it, come back, put it on. Had to miss the funeral. By that time, it was almost 4 o'clock. Like, we, we don't have time to drive 45 miles. So between the hotel, the new tire, that's about a $500 trip, and all we did was turn around in one spot and come back home. That was the trip. But driving home, Sarah's sitting in the back because Boston and Benjamin, Boston's kind of fussy, so she's sitting back there. I'm in the front by myself just kind of thinking missing the fact that I miss seeing some of my relatives and honoring my cousin. I'm just thinking. And I said, okay, Lord, if I'm going to experience this, can I at least get a sermon illustration out of this? Like, what can I learn from this experience? And, and the Lord spoke to me immediately. And I felt like it was for the churches at first. And I want to say it today. What he said to me about these churches that I spoke to was, some of you have been trying to patch things up for years. And God's saying, quit trying to patch it. Let that thing go and kill it off and get something new started. So I told the churches this in Oklahoma City and Kansas. But I want to say this to you. When I was studying, I thought the Lord said, here's my problem for many people. The Holy Spirit has filled them. But over the years, they've let things come in their life. And they've let those things take the life that I've given them, the spirit I've given them, that it come and drain them. And they've tried to patch it up along the way. But God says today to you, if you'll step out in faith in a few moments, He is going to refresh you. He's going to start over in some areas. You're not going to have to patch that stuff all the time. He's going to fill you afresh today. He's going to fill you like never before today. And today you're going to be renewed. Today you're going to be refreshed. Today some of you have been scared. Some of you say, you know what, I want to go to the front, but I'm scared of what so-and-so will think of me. Or, you know what, I don't want anybody to think something's wrong. Listen to me. Every single one of us need a refilling in our life at times. There is nothing wrong with that. Would you stand to your feet right now? Our worship team is going to sing in a minute. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do in just a moment. I want you in just a second to step out of your seat. We did this this week and I said we're going to do that Sunday. I want you to step out of your seat with hands raised walking down here as a sign of surrender. And here's what I'm asking you to do. I'm not asking you to come down here and say Lord, I'm, I, I, I've got to do this. I, I want you to come down here and say one thing. Lord, I'm yours. 
And I want you to declare the goodness of God. And I want you to let God fill you. I just want you to come down here with one thing. God, I want more of you. Whatever that looks like, whatever happens, God, I just want more of you. And allow God, and we're going to go through the audience and lay hands on you and pray for you. And I saw people in this first service begin to see God move in their life and fill them. And I believe today God's going to fill you afresh. Our prayer has been this week, God, do it again. Pentecost all over again. So come on, if you're ready to be refilled or to be filled, I want you just to lift up holy hands, get out of your seat, come down here and spread all across the front and let us lay hands on you this morning. Come on, come on, get out of your seat. Come on, take that step of faith. Come on, God, I want more. God, I want more. Come on in, come on in, come on, press on in down the front. Come on, God, I want more. God, I want more. Whatever that looks like, God, I want more. God, I want more. More of your power, more of your glory. God, I want more. I want more. Right now, come on, we're going to begin to pray for you. Amen. Come on, just start laying hands on folks and praying for them right now. Come on, God, do it. Pour it out. God, do it. God, pour it out like never before. God, pour it out like never before. Come on, pour it out like never before.
right now. I didn't get to pray for everybody. If you're down here, I want you to just put your hand on somebody right now. We're going to pray for the power of God to fall. It has already. It's doing it right now. And I'm just going to pray. I want people to, amen, amen, amen. Come on. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we just pray. Thank you for filling us afresh today. Father, we just thank you right now for doing your work in us. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're filling us. And this is not a one-time thing. Filling is not a one-time thing. We go back to the gas station because we our car has to be refilled. And Father, help us to seek after you every single week so we're being refilled and refilled and refilled. May we live in the filling of the Holy Spirit. May we live in that moment where, Father, every day we want more of you, more of your glory more of your power, more of you every day. Father, may Pentecost not be a one-time celebration a year. May it be a daily life that we live. We live in the power of the Holy Spirit. We live filled up. We live knowing that we need you for everything. So Father, right now we thank you for refreshing today. We thank you for just helping us to go forward in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you you felt something today and you're leaving here different, I want you just to give God some praise out your mouth today. Amen.